Welcome to Cross Section, a program where we focus on the greatest event in the history of mankind. We will seek to equip you with a proper view of the world around us while finding answers in God's Word. No matter the issue, regardless the topic, God's Word gives us everything we need to know to ensure we live out this life of faith and do it in such a way so as to glorify God. The Lord desires you to have an abundant life, abounding joy, and unspeakable peace, all of which are found in the pages of the Bible. Join us now as we share the truth of the cross from before and beyond, right here on Cross Section. And just like the announcer said, God's Word gives us everything that pertains to life. Hey, good afternoon. This is Cross Section, where life and faith intersect. We'd love to uh, have you a part of the program. I've got a couple of great pastors in studio today to uh, tackle your questions. No issue, no topic is off topic here on Cross Section. 855-JAMES-15 is the toll-free number. 855-JAMES-15. That's 855-526-3715. Email questions. They'll come right into the studio. The sooner you do that, the better. Uh, because that way we can get to them quicker, okay? Don't wait till the last minute. Be a part of the program today. It is a live program. Cross-section at wzxv.org. Cross-section at wzxv.org. And, of course, you can always uh, DM us through Twitter at WZXV the Word. And I want to welcome Scott. Good afternoon. Oh, it is just a balmy Spring day out there, uh, it's not 19 a, degrees. It's not April and, Fool's uh, yet. 40-mile-an-hour winds. Ah, love it. Uh, yeah, if just, we do a show on Friday, you can you can start the program it's, it's, off it's, like that. It's invigorating, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, spring is gone. And before I introduce our next guest, I just want to go over uh, what the Lord has done with him in his life. Our next guest is uh internationally respected speaker, consultant, teacher, author, and pastor, uh, on the important issues of technology and the culture. He's worked with universities, schools, churches, and law enforcement. Uh, we, had a, we were blessed to have him this weekend speaking at our fellowship and with our school today. Um, but, you know, he's spoken to thousands around the world on both the advantages of well-used technology tools and the dangers and the growing trend towards technology addiction. Brad Huddleston, we've been telling you about him for two weeks. You can learn more about him if I fail to give you all the information at bradhuddleston.com. Uh, but uh, Brad has an ongoing collaboration with the Bureau of Market Research and Neuroscience Division at the University of South Africa, has a degree in computer science and a diploma of biblical studies, and is a credentialed minister in the Acts to Alliance movement in Australia. He's also a frequent guest on radio, as he is today. Uh, would that we had television. You could be a guest on our television station, too. But if that's in the future, we'd love to have you. Please welcome author and speaker, uh, Brad Huddleston to Cross Section. Thank you, gentlemen. I cannot tell you how honored I am to be here. And I know I'm supposed to say that, but I actually mean it. Uh, I didn't grow up in Calvary Chapel. But of course, I knew who uh, Pastor Chuck is because I worked in radio yeah. and we played his program. Yeah, yeah. So for me to be sitting here with Calvary Chapel, um, I've mentioned to Pastor Scott that the, the world is falling apart at the seams. The church has a lot of issues and it seems like those who are like-minded are grouping together. I'm I'm a big, big, big proponent of the inerrancy and infallibility of Scripture, so it's an honor for me to be amongst you and with you. Yeah. So before we start, let's, uh, Brad, uh, we'd like to welcome our guests and have them, you know, take our time before the Lord and ask Him to bless us. Yeah. Would you honor today. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Wisdom, let's yeah. pray. Father, uh, I just thank you so much for where we are, and I pray for this audience, yes, Lord. Lord. Father, um, it's no accident 
Uh, every there are no accidents. Everything is is in your hands and under your care. And so, Lord, whoever is under the sound of our voices today, uh, I believe you've brought them in your sovereignty and your your providential care. So, Lord, I just pray for the the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, for the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus, to visit with them now. Mm-hmm. To just wrap your loving arms around them in this moment, whatever they're, they're facing, and hold them close, Jesus. Remind them of the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus and increase their faith to trust you for whatever it is. And so, Lord, mm-hmm. meet their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, we, we also ask that you would grant us your anointing for the show to speak yes, life and healing and wholeness into these precious, precious people that yes, you've brought to us today. Mm-hmm. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask these things, Father. Amen. Amen. 855-JAMES-15, 855-JAMES-15. Maybe you attended the uh, Q&A last night, or maybe you couldn't come out and you you had a question about technology. Maybe you're struggling with addiction. Maybe you think it's a farce. Uh, give us a call, 855-JAMES-15. Scott, let's start with you. What motivated you to have Brad come and, and share with the body of believers here? Well, I heard that he eats squirrel. and that No, just kidding. <laughs> well, that's true, uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, Mark, our principal, is on the Calvary Chapel Education Association board. And for years we had the, the school conference here. Um, but then uh, last few years they had it down at John Thomas's in Pennsylvania there. And so uh, I like to send them away. It's kind of like a retreat. It kind of unifies the school um, staff, and, and they always really benefit from it. And so a couple years ago they went down there, and, and, man, they were texting me from the conference and knew I'd be interested. And Mark and Bo Sarah were texting me saying, hey, you got to hear this guy. I think the church needs to hear it too. And um, that's sort of how it happened, and they brought back the book and and the DVD and told me about it, and I was I was all over it. It just took a while to finally, you know, with the pandemic and everything, get around to it and get them here. So that's sort of how it happened, and um, I'm glad we were able to work it out like a, a full-day conference yesterday, you know, to get you know, all the different subject matters from a different angle to address this, this thing. that, And I learned yesterday um, it's the one thing that has the whole world. You know, when he shares that he's in Muslim countries and all the kids, even in Muslim countries, are, are addicted to social media, porn, and video games, I was, what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just shows that is the one addiction, enslavement, that everybody shares right now. So it was it was really good. I'm, I'm glad to have him. I'm glad to get to know him, too. Yeah, he and his wife, Beth, that, too. Yes. Yeah. But thank you, yeah. Pastor Scott. We appreciate that. So, Brad, why the passion? What what began you down this road of, of helping to set people free from this? Approximately 20 years ago, um, the youth leader at our home church down in Virginia, where we're from, came to me and asked me for help because I have a technical background and I'm in ministry. And um, she s- showed me some profiles from, if you remember, MySpace, which is the predecessor sort of to Facebook. Yeah. yeah. She sat me down and logged in and started to show me these profiles, and there was these pictures of these young kids who were mimicking pornography. Their language was just absolutely foul. They were doing all kinds of stuff that back then we didn't have terms for, but we do now, like sexting yeah. and all of this. And when I looked, they were, these were kids in our church youth group. Yeah. And it, it, it 
it made me angry. I was saddened. All these emotions yeah, came yeah. because we have a like your church. It's our church is Bible based. We love the Lord. We're not a perfect church, but we have a great group of people. I'm not the pastor, by the way. I'm an evangelist, so uh, I travel around the world. Uh, but I have a home church. I'm under authority. I have a pastor, and and these families that I knew uh, represented these children are good families. Uh, and if they knew what their kids were doing under the cover of darkness back then, it was just the kids who really knew how to do the devious stuff. The parents were pretty clueless when it came to the tech. Well, now those kids that I was watching online back then have now grown up and had their own kids. So they're tech savvy as well as their kids. Yeah. So they're millennials. Their kids are Gen Z. So the youth leader, after showing me this, uh, I was blushing. She goes, should we go to the pastor? And I said, look, if you don't, I will. This is sin. We must deal with this. So we took it to the pastor. And unlike a lot of pastors in this generation, he's old school. He said, well, Brad, you're pretty much the nerd. Why don't you deal with it? Preach it on Sunday morning and let's deal with it. And um, so I did a lot of screen capture, similar to what I did with you guys yesterday. I showed things on the screen. Uh, and I, But I also looked around at the other good churches and Christian schools and public schools that I speak in, and it was not just our church. It was everywhere. Yeah. It, it was across the board, but it was hidden. And so I basically exposed it. I was very unpopular with the kids. Uh, the parents were shocked, didn't really want to deal with it because, you know, what do you do when you catch your kids doing all this sort of stuff? But we dealt with it, and I knew the Lord had, had asked me to do that. It was very difficult, but um, I ended up – at the time, I had a television show on a network at home, a small network, and I went to the network and said, hey, there's this social media thing, because it was all new then. And kids are doing very nefarious things under the cover of darkness. Um, can I do a one-hour special on this? And I did. And when I did that, the doors opened. And, you know, I'm an evangelist, so I, I would already speak at schools and conferences and things that were just preach the gospel and do, you know, youth topics. Now this became a youth topic. Ultimately, it's become an everybody topic. So after I went on television with it, um, some folks in Australia that I was connected with were watching. And they said, look, we got the same thing going on down here. Can you come and do a, an Australian version of this? And yeah. yeah, so we went down to Australia and did that. So um, it took on a life of its own, and I had so many requests for information i wrote a book called the dark side of technology and then that ran its course and took me around the world to various places and then i followed up with a book called digital cocaine which is what we talked about yesterday and i'm about to release another book we're at the stage now where there's finally a hunger for detoxing uh, mm -hmm. digital rehabilitation because it's a drug mm -hmm. so that's how it started it was with our church a good bible believing church good families that the sin came in under the cover of darkness through the internet and the kids found pornography right away and all the other things that come with it and the game video gaming had already started in large part with some of the old atari and all that sort of stuff but then that migrated online that became a huge problem that's how it started and i have been doing that the whole focus or I would say the door openers for me shifted to the digital, but the heartbeat is two things. Number one, the gospel. Yeah. Um, to get this is a door opener. You saw these pictures of the Muslim school. Um, it's it's really for me to represent Jesus, and then of course for the body of Christ, my burden is the loss of intimacy with God. Yeah, that's I saw, so good. I saw the passions that people once had that I go to church with, and other good churches where I would preach in schools. Where they, we all worship together, we love God together, we pray together. The meetings, would, the attendance started going down. Mm -hmm. And they would say, I'm busy. But what they were doing was they were online. Yeah. And so that passion, the intimacy, the things that save us, our works don't save us. But the, that knowing and walking with God in the cool yeah. of the day, mm -hmm. like Adam did, yeah. that, that started to dissipate. And yeah. I started to feel, I think, God's heartbeat. He was missing us and hurting over that. 
So that's what I deal with now, yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, a Christian by belief, but lacking the abundant life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the abundant life comes from our fellowship with Him. That's right. And everything out of our life flows from that. Mm. You know, everything out of my, you know, what I do with my wife or uh, my family members, the staff here, everything flows out of that altar, you know, with the Lord. Right. And and so that's why you see in the body of Christ that one thing. I mean, Satan knows how to do it. He knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a dirty fighter. He's a filthy dirty. He's a filthy dirty liar. But he knows how to go after uh, the most important thing. And. Um, so. And, he, and he made technology culturally acceptable to where if I were to tell a cocaine addict, you should quit, they may not, but they would agree. They wouldn't get angry at me at all. Yeah. If I were to tell an alcoholic, you know, you're really trashing your liver, you should probably quit. They would say, yeah, you're right. But if I say, you know, you have severe anger issues and it's a direct result of your video gaming, you should quit. They'll just get angry mm-hmm. because culturally. Which will demonstrate the truth behind your statement. Yes, that's exactly right. But the problem is there's no stigma like there is with a traditional drug, although in the brain, the nucleus accumbens or the pleasure center of the brain, the exact same Mm. mechanism has kicked in. Mm -hmm. But perceptually, people get that heroin's bad, coke is bad, alcohol's bad. But with the schools promoting, um, not necessarily here, but the public system, especially in a lot of Christian schools, promoting technology, we're getting it from all angles. Our businesses run on our banking and everything. It's like, well, you're crazy. We can't do without it. But then there are these unintended consequences that I deal with. Yeah. So that is really what the passion is all about. All of that time that is spent on technology is also robbing us of our time with God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's a concern that I carry as a weight. And I lost it myself. I, I'm not here to judge anyone. I went through a season where I was going to bed late. My marriage was suffering. And I was doing ministry stuff online thinking, you know, well, it's for God. But the truth is... It was just taking all of my time. It wasn't very fruitful. My wife was, you know, missing me, and I had to repent of all that. Mm-hmm. And when I did, God opened the doors for a whole new ministry. Yeah, listeners, eight five five James one five eight five five James one five. Email cross section at wzxv dot org. Brad, you mentioned that um, that this uh, digital technology is a drug. For anyone that wasn't here yesterday listening to the second service or uh, or last night explain to them what do you mean all all addiction works the same way the the side effects and the ingestion points would be different perhaps what i mean by that is when we take well we don't but if we were to take cocaine it would go up the nose that would be the ingestion point if we were to drink alcohol the mouth would be that if we smoke marijuana the lungs would be the ingestion point if if you were to uh, get addicted to your phone, the ingestion point simply becomes the eyes. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the addiction is the same. And it happens in this little area in the brain called the reward circuit. More specifically, the area is known as the nucleus accumbens. In layman's terms, it's just called the pleasure center of the brain. We, we chase pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with that so long as it's wholesome. It's not unbiblical. Uh, the, I'm enjoying my time with you right now. And, and I am receiving these little hits of dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter in my brain that's hitting that little pleasure center, and it's causing me to feel the sensation of enjoyment. And that's a God-given thing unless it's abused. So there are activities that are more stimulating than others. Drugs are extremely stimulating, such as cocaine and alcohol. So the dopamine levels get way too high in that area of the brain. The catch-22 is you feel really good, but then you build up resistance to it. 
And then you have to end up doing more of it to overcome the resistance, and then that leads to habituation, and that's where the sin Mm -hmm. comes in. You Mm -hmm. become addicted to it, enslaved, as it says in Corinthians. So what ends up happening with the digital technology is that we end up chasing the exact same high with dopamine hits because it works the same way. It turns out the screens themselves, uh, the the content, and in children, um, the actual uh, motion on the screens is causing way too much stimulation which releases too much dopamine and so they become fixated on that screen and if you take it away the first symptom of digital addiction occurs and that would be anger Mm -hmm. sometimes aggression is that like a crash almost like it's technically it's a withdrawal okay so when when you suddenly cut off an alcoholic from the alcohol they're going to go into dts in their case Mm -hmm. with a with a digital addict it's going to be anger and then they're going to also suffer um, any number of emotional issues. At the top of the list is depression. And then from that, we have cutting. Self-harm has just gone off the charts. Yeah. I see cuts everywhere I travel. Yeah. And it's it's always been there, but it's exploded. Yeah. And there's a direct – it's for many reasons they do that. But at the top of the list, there's a digital link to that. Mm. So when you have children and, – and I'm not here to condemn any parent. Most parents just don't know – and my, my goal and my job from the Lord is to come here and educate folks. Yeah. And now once they know they're accountable yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they should make the changes, yeah. the repentances that we need to make. But once you get addicted and you take it away, the withdrawal is what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're manifesting the anger. That's why they're begging to have it back quickly. That's why they will lie about how much time they've been spending or they'll sneak and get it when you've tell, told them to put it away. Or you'll see the light on under the door at night with the door shut and you get up. To, to, to go to the bathroom, say at two in the morning, you see the glow from under the door and they're in their gaming, social media, looking at pornography, pornography and that sort of thing. If they don't have it, the withdrawal causes them to have anxiety, anger. So they'll go for the hit, just yeah. like any other drug addict. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. What? So now, now we've said it and now there's parents out there that are accountable. What do you tell them from here on out uh, now that they are accountable? What should they what should they be doing? In my world, I mentioned during the seminar that the top three words that have done us damage for 20 years now of, of, of addiction with technology are three words, balance, limit, and neutral. So to justify the continued usage, you'll hear parents say, oh, look, it's all about balance. It's all about balance. Yeah. Now, that means nothing. Mm-hmm. You just say that to make yourself feel good so that you can keep doing what you're doing. And then they'll say, well, I limit my children. And what if I were to translate that in neuroscience terms, they would you'd have to say, look, I'm a good parent. Now I give them cocaine, but I'm a good parent. I just limit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when you put it like that, it really does. And neurobiologically, it's the truth. Uh-huh. And I'm not trying to be harsh, but the Lord Himself, you know, uh, He is truth. And the way you get to the life is to pass through Him. And they killed Him not because He was feeding the multitudes and healing people. They killed him because he was telling the truth. Yeah. Now we have Easter coming up. It's kind of dumb to try to kill God because <laughs> he just comes back to life. Yeah. But um, life happens when when we face the truth, we receive the truth, and the truth then frees us. So my my goal and my call is to see people free of this, this bondage and addiction. So I would tell the parents you must face this. Just be honest. Be very honest. Don't beat yourself up if you bought the stuff. Apologize. Get it right with God and then move forward. That's what God allows us to do. It's called forgiveness. It's called the blood of Jesus covering our sins. Yeah. So that's how you handle it. But the fact of the matter is, technology is not neutral. Well, it is until you turn it on. 
we I showed a clip from Dopamine Labs. We're clearly being manipulated. Yeah. It is not neutral. Limiting is just backing off on the Coke, yeah. but you're still giving it to them. Yeah. And there is no such thing as balance, meaning you cannot get over a drug addiction by continuing to take the drug. Mm-hmm. So once addiction sets in, it has to be uh, completely detoxed from, and then you come back to technology. And I jokingly said to make a point, no one has ever come to me for prayer for being addicted to Microsoft Word. Oh, God, I'm so addicted to Word, I can't stop typing. Um, but they have come to me and asked for prayer for addiction to video gaming, pornography, et cetera, et cetera, social media. Uh, but those things that are actually helpful to our lives mm-hmm. that we that serve us are those things that get us a job, things that we don't. It's you know lose sleep over like Netflix. We get into those software packages like Zoom and so forth, but nobody wants to stay in there very right, long. Right. It's a good use of that, but we get in, we get out. We yeah. don't stay in long enough to get addicted, but we will Netflix binge. Yes, we will get caught up in pornography. Yeah. We'll get caught Video up in games. social media. And let, spend a lot, I, I think a lot you there. you drew a, a nice line that um, that helped a lot of people yesterday, and that line was. Um, there are there are research tools, or there are work tools, or mm-hmm. there are educational tools that that maybe their homeschool kid, you know, obviously has to use mm-hmm. in in today's. I mean, people don't use typewriters anymore. <laughs> um, but the the areas of addiction with the dopamine primarily come from those three areas of games, social media, and pornography. Right. And so when they're playing a game. There's the there's the visual stimulation or the reward of of like beating the boss like slot machines mm-hmm. you know and the likes and all those kinds of things so could could you define that line a little bit that I think that will help people sure the what I did is I I, I created an animation to illustrate the, the biblical concept of holiness which means to be separated Separate, yeah. so without holiness we will not see God and separate yourselves do not touch the unclean thing and then I will receive you. Clearly, Christians, believers, followers of Christ must be separated from the culture, the bad part of the culture. So addiction is one of those things that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We're not to allow that to abuse us or any of those things uh, to harm us. Uh, we, we have to take our own control over that and get the help we need or you know repent of it. So what I did is I created an animation and I say, on this animation, you see a screen. Uh, it's a PowerPoint slide, and it has all the icons of stuff that I would find on any typical phone. You would find educational things, such as Google Docs, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. But I would also find Fortnite. I would find Roblox. Uh, I would find Twitter. I would find Netflix. I would find pornography. I'd find all these entertainment things mixed in with Google Classroom, with Zoom. And then to illustrate those passages of Scripture of separation or holiness – the animation, all of the entertainment icons go to the left side of the screen. A line is drawn down vertically, and then on the right side are the education things. And it, those activities on the right side of the screen, such as PowerPoint, Excel, you know, Zoom, we, we, while technically you could get addicted to it, nobody does. It's the stuff on the left side of the screen where all the icons had moved mm-hmm. of entertainment, yeah. the Netflix binging, the pornography, the YouTube binging, all of that. It's like work versus leisure. That's exactly right. Yeah. But the dopamine levels on the left side are yeah. massive, not yeah. so big on the right side. Yeah. And so the brain scans that I showed are very clear. You, you put a heroin addict right next to a screen yeah. addict, they look identical mm-hmm. because it's, the addiction's the yeah. same. One was brought on by the icons on the left and the other by straight heroin 
and it's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that is is that is that what you're asking? Yeah, for, Pastor? And, yeah, and, Let, and and I think that's important. We have a caller. Let's um, can okay. we uh, can yeah. we come back to it? Eight five five James one five eight five five James one five. If you want to be part of the program, if you have any questions, uh, maybe you're struggling with addictions. Uh, you know, Brad, you mentioned yesterday whom the sun sets free is free, free indeed. And, um, you know, my wife and I had a, quite a discussion last night. And even this morning, I was like, I, I bet you there were a lot of those yesterday. <laughs> yeah, after I don't even want to go near my, you know, I want to get the, alert, I want to get the alert that says your screen time is down 95%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's welcome Brooke to the program. Brooke, thanks for calling in today. How can we help you? Hi, um, I have kind of a three-part question, if that's okay. Sure, that's fine. (laughs) Okay, so I'm a teacher at Calvary Chapel Academy. I'm a third-grade teacher. And I would just like to know, um, how can teachers address this addiction in our students? How can we recognize the signs, not just label what might look like bad behavior or disrespect, but understand what the signs of withdrawal might be in our students. And then what strategies would you suggest to create an effective learning environment for students that are addicted to technology? Well, the the test for addiction to technology is is very, very simple. You don't need a brain scan. Uh, You just simply politely ask for it. Just go to the student and say, um, or if it's somebody's child, uh, may I please have your phone? Thank you. I'll give it back to you in an hour. And if you get any other reaction other than compliance, and yes, you're more than welcome to it, at some level there's resistance or tolerance that has been built up. The the What you can do with students is plant a seed in them, but it has to be addressed through the parent. But that therein lies another problem. The average age of a video gamer in the United States is between 35 and 44. That was staggering, that, that statistic. Well, as you know, I spent a lot of time in Australia, and the federal police there did a, a national survey, and the average age of a video gamer there is 34. So it's about the same around the world. So when I hear people say parents need to be made aware, it sounds good. And in the old days, that would have been the case, but now – Making parents aware, they're just as addicted, if not more so, than their children, so that does no good. They, they don't want to hear it either. So parent meetings are not very well attended anywhere in the world unless they're compulsory. Mm-hmm. And I've only had two schools where it was compulsory. One is coming up in Florida, and I can't wait because <laughs> the principal's <laughs> making them come. But um, uh, so the what you do with the children, if the attention is what you first look at with them. Now, we, we've had a, an explosion of ADHD. And we're having lots of medication being doled out for attention deficits of all kinds of sorts, you know, on a spectrum. And the vast majority of that uh, is being digitally induced. There are some children who have ADHD and attention deficits organically, and they need medication, but not to the tune that we currently have that's just off the charts. And the only way you're going to know that is to detox them. But I would say the first thing that you look at is the attention problems in children. And, and you got to be careful because kids are still kids. I mean, they've not matured. They're going to have a little bit of a, a attention deficit loss anyway just because they're children, but extreme. And we all know what that mm-hmm. looks like. And then uh, if, if you are a school that has technology and you find them going to places that you tell them not to, 
they're not doing the education stuff, but they're trying to get to other tabs and things like that. And then the older kids, what you look for is they've got their phones. They're supposed to have it in their locker. Or they're, they're supposed to turn it at the office, whatever the policy of the school is. They 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 have brought a, d- a different phone, and they've hidden it somewhere, and they're on it. But you have to address it with the parents first because the children in their prefrontal cortex up here behind their forehead where the brakes are that allows them to have self-control, they just don't have it. So we have to get the self-control back into the parents first, and then the parents have to come along and parent the children yeah. instead of letting the children run the show. So I, I'm sorry I don't have better news. Uh, what I'm trying to say to the teachers, it's really not your job to solve that problem, but you have to deal with it. My heart goes out to you in the classroom. And so what most teachers do in the public system is lobby for technology because it chemically mesmerizes them and keeps them calm oh, so that gosh. the parents uh the, the teachers can have their sanity yeah. yeah and and on top of it we talked about this yesterday what makes it really difficult is if if um you know the the hus- husband and wife you know mom and dad are split mm-hmm. yep and uh, yeah. in one home there's one set of rules in another home there's another set of rules mm-hmm. right that, that makes it or a single mom or a single dad is really it really difficult you know it's working yeah brooke did you have a you had uh some follow-up uh just um like what might strategies be within the classroom um you know to kind of create a better learning environment for students the first the first thing brooke i would do at that age i would not allow any technology that'd be the first thing because it jacks them up too much what i mean by that is they get too stimulated like a sugar hype that's right so in the lower grades i would be all analog the the problem with that is it gets undermined at home yeah um, and so we, there, there's what Waldorf Steiner does. I mentioned Waldorf Steiner. I'm not a proponent of their schools because they're new age. But the one thing they do very well and correctly is their brain science. Yeah. That is spot on. So that's why in Silicon Valley, the tech executives that I spoke about send their children there. So it's it's they have a policy that you're not supposed to have it at home or at school. That way it doesn't undermine it. Now, that is a correct policy. So in an ideal world – to keep them from children, especially from being hyperstimulated in those lower grades, I would be all non-digital and work slowly. Their little brains are like sponges. They want to work slowly. It needs to be done in an analog world. So the strategy is, is have no technology at all in those lower grades. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to protect a portion of their brain. Their creative side of development that is so crucial yeah. to not be hyperstimulated but to let them have play. They need to be on their own. What creativity is born from is boredom. Boredom is the the catalyst, in other words, for the brain's mechanism to kick in to solve the boredom problem. The end result of that is creativity. So in our age here, we were just thrown out the back door, and there were no instructions needed. (laughs) We would find ways to get in trouble. We would find some ways not to get in trouble, but we would find things to do because the the brain would kick in to solve that. We had play. We'd make mud castles or whatever it is you do. Mm -hmm. But now we are borrowing other people's creativity. That part is never allowed to develop properly, and we had this disturbing discussion last night during the Q&A, can it be recovered? I'm not convinced it can be. I wish it were, except there is a God who heals, yeah. and I do believe that. Yeah. But uh, that that is the danger, Brooke, and I'm sorry that I'm not being negative on purpose. Uh, uh, this is just where we are right yeah, now. Yeah, no, it's a serious thing. we got to talk about right. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's that, Brooke? Is it, you, any further questions? No, I think that's it. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. Want, you. want to pray for Brooke? Yeah, and Brooke, I just say this. You know, again, I can't speak 
uh, more highly about our teachers that are here at this school. But again, it, they do have a stark contrast. So for the seven or whatever, eight hours a day that, that you have these kids, it is a stark contrast. And so they, it, it's a tremendous witness, just the culture and the environment here at the school and what you're trying to, I know it's hard and that's why I love you guys so much. But um, but it, it is making a big difference. If not right now, later on, those kids are going to, they'll never forget how different it was here in this school. And this, and this, so it really is out from the world in this aspect. So, yeah. You want to pray for her? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. Father, I, I, too, appreciate so much the teachers who are on the front lines that have to deal with this problem when the kids come in and they've, they've been allowed unfettered use and... Lord, these precious teachers who have given their lives, it's their ministry, it's their call to impart education and, more importantly, the gospel and the word of God to these children. So touch Brooke. Thank you for her heart. Thank you for these uh, honest questions. And, Lord, I, I just pray that you'll give us more answers to give to teachers like her. But in the meantime, Lord, give her wisdom, give her strategies beyond what we were able to give her today. And bless her and bless her time back yes, to her with all that she gives in yes, Jesus' Lord. name. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Brooke, thank you for calling in today. Thanks so much. God Talk bless you. you. 855-JAMES-15. We blew through the uh, break, so we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep going? Yeah, we'll just keep going. Okay. okay. This is an important topic. Why right. Why interrupt it? 855-JAMES-15. 855-JAMES-15. Email cross-section at wzxv.org. Yeah, let me just follow up uh, before the break time. I just wanted to say something. He was He was talking about pleasure. Uh, the the pleasure seeking, but it just you know uh, lately because the last uh, couple of years um, there's been all kinds of you know talk about prophecy mm-hmm. uh, obviously because of the totalitarian nature around the world and then of course everybody's talking about the vaccine passports and and now we're talking about Russia and all that stuff but I I always try to at least try to get the church back to this idea when Paul talked about the latter days he talked about pleasure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to read it here in Second Timothy chapter three. But know this: in the last days, perilous times will come. And this is this is not isolated to a geographical region like Ukraine or mm-hmm. the Caucasus Mountains, which is Gog's Four. You know. Well, I couldn't help but think of Babylon when you said the whole world is suffering from this. I thought of we're yeah. becoming one world yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, you know, we haven't been. America hasn't been taken to Babylon. We've been turned into Babylon. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the spirit of Babylon. Yes, we but have. it says perilous times, and this is so pervasive throughout humanity. And it, one of them is is this: lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And that's my big burden, is because I I I know, and I'm not. I, you know, I understand stand how I can love pleasure. I mean, we're built for that, too. God doesn't want us to not enjoy things. He wants us to enjoy things. There's certain mm-hmm. things I just really enjoy and I get excited about. I get excited about March Madness, and I have friends in the body that get excited about it. And uh, But I have to be, remember, I can't love that stuff more than I love God. Mm-hmm. And so my burden is in the body of Christ. We have now, you know, all these things that we can derive pleasure from. We have to just be careful. Mm-hmm. And know? it's about to ramp up with the metaverse, yeah, which are the goggles, yeah. the, the VR. Yeah, and this is the year of the push for that. Yeah, and they're telling us between five and ten years, the Web 3.0 will be in, in full force, which will be the the next wave of the Web, which will go 3D. Yeah. Yeah. So the pleasure, yeah. back to your point from Timothy, is going to go yet again exponentially because our technology increases exponentially. Well, yeah. now the hockey stick 
graph is about to really take a sharp turn north yeah. uh, beginning this year. It won't be in its totality this year because it takes time for people to buy those, that type of gear. Um, but we're, we're about to enter into that. And look, I know this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but after 20 years of writing about this and getting the pushback and studying it, the only hope that I see is either we choose to have a renewal with God. Yeah. I haven't seen that, to be honest with you. Um, I've seen revival and been in revivals in other countries, uh, no question, especially Africa. But even there, the reason why God has me there, I've, I've mentioned this, I've been to places where they don't have adequate food, but they all have phones yeah. and satellite dishes. It's yeah. a strange world we live in now. But uh, the the best thing that could happen to us is that the electricity goes out. Yeah, That would save us from the next wave of possibly digital currency and all the things that we've got to have our eyes on right now. But the, but the technology saturation that we do know that is happening yeah. with generations that are causing us now in the U.S. to have only a 4% biblical worldview rate in Gen Z as well as the millennials, that that bothers me. I mention that a lot. It bothers me yeah. that that yeah. – that, and they're in our churches that yeah. way. And here we are with Calvary Chapel with – God touching this movement to teach line upon line, mm-hmm. and it's a gift, but it's not being taken advantage of because it's been sucked away, uh, you know, to, to all of this entertainment, which mm-hmm. is addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to save us, I would not – it wouldn't surprise me if God wouldn't just turn the electricity off out of his mercy yeah. just to save us from ourselves. Yeah. I'm not saying I want it to happen, especially on cold days like this, but yeah. <laughs> but it would save us. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't see us voluntarily – separating ourselves in holiness like God is asking us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you struck on something we were addressing Brooks' issue with the kids as far as they're bored easily. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that, you know, uh, potential in adults too. Mm-hmm. You know, when, I, when I'm teaching, <clears throat> I, I, I get the sense, you know, we're much more easily bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the irony of it all is the more you discipline yourself to be bored— the less you'll be bored, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's just we're not comfortable being sitting quiet and sitting still. Yeah. We always have to be doing something, you know, f- fidgeting with something. Well, you mentioned that uh, what I was talking about in the first session yesterday, we were invited, uh, being an author, I, I need quiet places to retreat to, yeah. to write, because I cannot yeah. write when I'm That's in the office. That's a great story. I can't yeah. do it. Some folks from a Calvary Chapel out in Denver, um, struck up a friendship over the internet with my wife and say the internet, they ordered my books. They'd seen me in California and ordered books and, and Beth, my wife doesn't know, you know, she knows everybody now on planet earth who's ever emailed us. She's yeah. very personable. So she struck up a friendship and they just casually said to her in an email, look, if, if Brad ever needs a place to retreat to, we have a cabin in the Rockies. You can borrow that. And Beth said, We'll take you up on that. Thank you so much. And we went out there, and I spoke at Colorado Christian University, and it was on a radio program, a Calvary Chapel radio program. And we went up there at over 9,000 feet, and we were in heaven. And we, 10 glorious days I wrote on this new book. Yeah. And after 10 days, we went back to their home in Denver, and they said, you, you, you made it the full 10 days. No one's ever made it 10 days. They always come back early. And I was very curious. I said, why is that? They said, well, altitude sickness has a little bit to do with it, but it's the isolation and it is the spotty Internet. They can't stand it, so they have to come back. Mm-hmm. And it just you know, broke my heart. And the verses uh, that, that really struck with, stuck with me, I love now, now that I'm not addicted to technology, and I have been, so I judge no one. 
I love these verses from Psalm 63. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Mm -hmm. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And uh, speaking about our Lord Jesus, now, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Mm -hmm. And he circumvented the crowds and went up on the mountain. And I was in heaven up there at that altitude and being alone with my wife in total quietness for days on end. Yeah. And I had no anxiety. And to come back and have them tell me that uh, caused me to want to write about it and, and, and talk about it. So that's why I did yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's really good. I, I try to, you know, impress upon people. Let's go back. And, um, you know, you got to hear the still small voice. You have to get quiet. Everything has to be quiet. Yeah. And um, right now we're just, you know, coming from a, a com computer, you know, software engineering background. I, I, I remember with our CPUs, we used to overclock the CPU to get more out of it. When that happens to the brain, <laughs> bad things. Everybody's, happen. and I think we're overclocked. We're inundated all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Super saturated with information. Mm -hmm. um, so, so. I, dopamine levels are out of control. I have, oh, a, yeah. I have a couple of questions that came in. One via email. Uh, Linda asks about caffeine in particular. Does caffeine affect the brain and cause results that we've seen in other addictions such as electronics? It does. Um, there's a lot of research out about that. I'm sitting here with caffeine now. Um, 300 milligrams, you, you'll, hear, you'll see different studies. Uh, on the one hand, it prevents dementia, Parkinson's. Now, it doesn't cure it, but it, it in the long term, people who are long-term coffee drinkers, it, it, it actually helps with that, unless, like anything else, if it's too much. So what they're recommending to avoid addiction is to keep it between, I think it's 200, 300 milligrams of, of caffeine a day. And it's no wonder that kids are struggling with that addiction with caffeine. All these sports drinks. Yeah. You know, you got Red Bull and all oh, that. They're, yeah. just, they're just sucking them down. You know, and they got three and 400 milligrams of caffeine. And they're drinking three and four of them at a time. And their heart rate, some of them are having heart attacks and things like that. So as with anything, um, some things can actually be good for you in small amounts. You get too much, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, caffeine is extremely – you can habituate to caffeine just like any other drug, and it will addict you in the exact same part of the brain. And then um, you become dependent and, and have to have it. And the, 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 the side effects of withdrawal with that, it feels like somebody's put an axe right in the middle of your head when you go without it. You get a massive headache. I've had it. And I had to go on a weaning <laughs> program one time for coffee when I was in radio. I was <laughs> drinking two pots a morning. Yeah, wow. And, uh, you know, it's clearly because I wasn't used to getting up and I was staying up half the night and all that sort of stuff. And I had to repent of that. <laughs> yeah. So I went off for six weeks, came back, and I try to keep it at much lower levels. Well, the, the subcategory of your book is a journey towards eye balance. Right. And, and uh, so moderation, but it's not the, that's not the complete answer, though. Uh, for many people, it's just a simple cutting off completely. Well, when it comes to addiction, you cannot achieve balance or eye balance until you've detoxed. So that's why I was saying when, when you're addicted, you can't get over the drug addiction. If you're addicted, you can't get over that addiction and still consume the drug. So clearly you have to detox first. And just like an alcoholic, you need to stay away from the bar. So when a, when a, uh, a video game addict finally gets free, and it can be a very hard journey, they should quit video gaming completely. Same thing with a porn addict, and for some people, social media. Some people can find that, that balance with social media. I have found it with account because of accountability where I chucked all the social media apps but one, 
and it's to stay in touch with family. Mm-hmm. And I rarely do that. Um, and my wife keeps, uh, it's easier for me to say that, but my wife actually knows because perceptually when I'm online, I lose all track of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she doesn't. And I don't get mad at her because she's my help me. I used to, but you, I've learned. You give her license. Yes. I yeah. used to not. We used to fight. Right. But I realized that I'm, as the male, I'm the wrong one who's wrong. So I, I, I let her speak into my life, and she keeps very, she keeps track of my coffee, and I don't get mad at her. And she keeps track of my internet usage, and I don't get mad at her. All right. Praise hey, the Lord. I, I'd like him to touch on something. Oh. We got to call her. We got to call her. Yeah. Okay. Let's I'll come back her. to it. Okay. I, w- I want to talk about multitasking. Okay. Jeff, uh, thanks for calling in from Rochester. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. How about yourself? Doing well, thank you. What can we do for you? I just need to know if Brad had um, a, an outlet for people that seem to uh, be abused as they're young, and then as you're older, the the addiction to the, the porn or these, you know, the websites, anything that takes you away. He's been talking about that. Um, is it... Is there support for people that have this this problem, or is it very limited? Because it just doesn't seem like there's a people that are looking for this help. Uh, that's one of the problems. Being a recovering person, um, this is like one of the last things that seem to be a demon in uh, in this in my brain, and I'm always seeming to go back to it, and it's very very. Uh, it's getting to be unhealthy, and it's always been unhealthy. It's just that as a as a person that uses um, the internet, just like you've been saying, they don't think it's it's a problem until it becomes a problem. So yeah, first of all, I want to I want to thank you for your transparency and to be out there with that. I, I am so thankful for you that you brought that up and mm-hmm. and you humbled yourself publicly. Yeah. And God's going to honor you for that. It is a massive problem. In, of all the top three, the porn, social media, and video games, porn is by far, in a way, the worst problem out there. But in America, it is the least spoken of. I, I'm not allowed to talk about it in the vast majority of schools and churches that I go to here. So we filmed... My Pornea series, that five-and-a-half-hour video set that I that I have, um, we had to film that in Africa because they asked me to please don't hold back or compromise and preach hard on two consecutive Sunday mornings and then sessions during the week. And we filmed it all there because I would never get – now, in a church like yours, Pastor Scott, I, now that I've been here, I think I would be very welcomed yeah. here. Yeah. But in general, I'm not. So it's uh-huh. it's it's hidden so to answer your question, um, yes, there's there's help. I, I, there are a lot of organization out, organizations out that are good. I happen to work with a group called Proven Ministries. They're out of Lynchburg, Virginia. They're a national ministry here in America. I will keynote at their conferences, just key, keynote at one of their conferences in New Jersey. So I will go in and do what you guys saw, but in the pornography realm, the digital neuroscience of that uh, related specifically yeah. to porneia, which is the Greek word that we yeah. get our English words pornography and pornographic from. So they will then come in with their curriculum and set up men's groups. And um, it's 12 weeks of very intense Bible study. It's a book that's about two inches, three inches thick, and it's all Scripture. Yeah. And they, they have to substitute all that porn with nothing but the Word of God for 12 solid weeks. And these men get free. Yeah. So And they have support. And you're not shamed. So, and there are other groups too. It's not just proven. 
Uh, yeah. There are a lot of them out there. Pure, I contribute to that with my Pornea series. Pure Life Ministries Pure Life, is, yeah. is one we've we've sent guys to. And Covenant Eyes yeah. is another yeah. good one. Uh, but there, so there are they are yeah. out there. But because of what I believe this gentleman is talking about, it's not spoken about a lot. And I speak for the Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Equipping Conferences, and it took an eighty-some-year-old gentleman, friend of mine, to convince them to let me talk about it. Yeah. At, I don't know about. It, uh, uh, in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. And since then, I mean, they really had to twist their arm. They let me do it. And the lines to get into my session were out the door. Yeah. There's a hunger for it because yeah. I don't shame people. Yeah. I, yeah. I talk no. straight, but I don't shame them. Yeah. And then that opened the doors to come all over the place here in Rochester and different places yeah. I've gone and, and spoken about that issue. So it's difficult here in America to even be allowed to talk about it in public, yeah. but it's the biggest problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Jeff, who, Scott, who was the author of, uh, Every Man's Battle. I mean, just the very title. Mark, Mark Arterburn. Yeah. It goes um, back a long way. Every yeah. Man's Title. Yeah. Um, Problem. Every Man's Battle. Battle. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Jeff, I just want to tell you, from time to time, uh, we have a, a class here, and it's at least 10 weeks or so. It's very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and uh, the guy who does our call screening is the guy who runs it. And we have developed a, a curriculum, but there's an accountability built in. And we do it in a discreet fashion, you know. It's a it's a time here at the church where there's nothing else going on. So when people guys come in, nobody else sees. Oh, you're one of those. None of that happens. So it's very discreet, but they can be open, they can be honest, and it's it's proven uh, very productive. You know, you mentioned that to me. Of course, I've received a lot of input since I've been here in data as all these conversations. I'm sorry I didn't mention that. That's awesome that you have that. Yeah, and, and Patrick just asked. We're ready to fire it back up. He just right. have a sense from the Lord. It's time to fire it back up again. So, so Jeff, I would have you if if you hang on the line, talk to Patrick uh, afterwards. But you know, let's pray for him, yeah. okay? Because um, here's here's the situation. When somebody comes forward like that, I, I think of the woman caught in adultery. Where's your accusers? So go and sin no more. And we want to we want to pray for you. Mm. Yeah, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so thankful that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we pray for Jeff, Lord. We ask that you touch him. Lord, guide his footsteps. And and Lord, I I pray that you bring him here. He would be most welcome and accepted and not shamed. Uh, But if not here, Lord, uh, open the door somewhere for him. Uh, He's been transparent. He's been honest. And that's all you require Mm -hmm. is for a broken and contrite heart. You will not despise. So, Lord, bless him, strengthen him, and may he find his deliverance Mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. How you doing, Jeff? Are you still there? Yeah, it's, it's very, very emotional, you know, when you think about just the years that have been time wasted and now it doesn't work and you have to do something so this is this is the cry for help and this is the action part that Mm -hmm. you know being in recovery for over 30 years from alcohol and drugs um it's still a battle every day for your spirit Mm -hmm. and uh this is the the torment the demon still wants you know to to make it sound like it's it's okay to, to think you're it's a victim there's no victims involved you're just doing you're being you're by yourself all these horrible lies it's just lies versus the spirit which is the truth and um that's uh, the the hopefully the more i get, talk about it and stay away from the lies then the truth will set you free as they say 
So yeah, and reach out and that. come and, and be part of a group. You need other men around you who can, can yeah. hold you accountable, but also you just need brothers. Yeah, you just need yeah, good, a yeah. band of brothers. Yeah, Patrick will keep you accountable, Jeff, uh, and he's, he's notified me that he has your phone number. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. Thank okay. you. All right. We'll be praying for you, and don't let the enemy condemn you. Don't let him get you to, uh, to uh, flight, you know what I mean? You need to fight, not flight. Stay with Jesus. Stay in the Word. And, uh, you know, you've got brothers here that are, are with you in the battle, okay? Amen. Yes, sir. All Thank right. you for your help. Thanks for calling in today. Let's uh, let's welcome Debbie to the program. Debbie, how you doing this afternoon? Good. Hi. What can we do for you? Um, I started off with a different question, but this is kind of the one that's bothering me. Um, so I I take care of my niece, so ten hours a day, five days a week. She's my great niece, and her mother is a single mom because her dad kind of just skipped out on them. And I know that her mom gives like basically just hands her her phone. She just gives her a phone or a tablet or whatever and says, go play, you know, I'm tired, I need to rest up, you know, leave me alone. And she, now when she's with me, we don't we do not do any kind of screen time. We we play, we go outside, we do crafts. Um, once in a while she'll, like, do a YouTube video, like circle time or something like that to learn her alphabet. But she doesn't, you know, she doesn't usually ask. But I know when she's home, she's having meltdowns, she's having fits, she's screaming all the time about she wants the phone, and her mom gives in to her. And I see the behaviors from the stuff that she, she watches. I, I see behaviors, things that she watches on Twitter and Instagram, and she's four, and the things that are inappropriate that she gets from these, and her mom insists, no, no, she doesn't look at that stuff. I make sure, I watch, I, you know, and, and, and she doesn't, obviously. And the thing is, every time I bring anything up, I just get the eye roll. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I'm a, you know, I'm going overboard or whatever. I, I, I don't really even know how to handle the situation with her anymore. You are uh, saying something that I hear all over the world, scenarios just like this everywhere. God has put you in the path of this four-year-old great-niece of yours. There's really not much that you can do outside of praying, but praying is the most powerful thing you can do because it works. Uh, Because we have a will, I don't know that uh, the mother is going to give in to that, but God has placed this child in your path to plant seed and to be the example. And you just have to trust that God is going to use you uh, to water that seed, to be the example that she needs so that later, when she's older, she will not depart And then you pray, and as God gives you favor, slip in those words every now and again to the mom because that will convict her or let the Holy Spirit do it. If you do it in a kind way, God will do the convicting part. But if even if she cuts you completely off and the child goes back into that atmosphere, as long as she's with you, that is a God moment, and you need to feel very good that God has put her in your path for those 10 hours. That's a long time. Mm, For such a time as this. That's right. And so you just trust that God has done that, and he's going to deliver her. Debbie, we appreciate you calling in today. I I wish we could talk longer, but we we have such short time. So just know that uh, I know Brad will be praying for you. We'll be praying for you, and and that the Lord gives you wisdom on how to tackle this. Keep up the fight. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for calling in today. Brad, we've got a minute and a half here. How can people uh, learn about your books and and the website? Why don't you give them information? It's bradhuddleston.com. Huddleston is spelled H-U-D-D-L-E-S-T-O-N. And you can order all of the resources there. If you live in this area, uh, my resources can be found at the bookstore here at uh, Calvary Chapel of the Finger Lakes. And uh, I have an email contact page there if there's anything I can do. Uh, to answer any questions further after this show, you feel free to hit on that contact page and send me a message. And uh, guys, I, I really love you and appreciate you. And Pastor, thank you for yeah. your invitation to be here. Yeah, Brad, great uh, opportunity. Your all of your contact information, such as Twitter and Facebook, are at the Brad Huddleston. Yes, I only have Facebook now, okay. um, but the email is there. Okay. Yeah, and at some point in time in the future, he can Skype in and be a guest. Yeah. I've named it, claimed it. <laughs> <laughs> Confessed it. <laughs> and, and I receive it. <laughs> well, family, we want to thank you for tuning in today. We'll get you back into the Bible study with Pastor uh, Ray Tompkins. He's coming up with sound words. Stay tuned. You're listening to WZXV Palmyra. Where we focus on the greatest event in the... 